Welcome to the Donald POV. I'm Donald Fitzgill Jr. bringing you my point of view on everything I want to talk about, literally everything, and trust me, I've got a lot to say. So without further ado, let's go. In 1999, during college spring break, a friend and I decided to go to South Padre Island in Texas. This was about a 14-hour drive from Lubbock, Texas. The drive could have been faster if we took a more direct route, but this was before smartphones, so trying to map out back roads from Lubbock to South Padre Island seemed too risky at the time. So our plan was to drive from Lubbock to Dallas, then Dallas to South Padre Island. As we were driving from Dallas to South Padre Island, we drove into Houston and immediately thought of our friend Curtis. Curtis was a friend of ours from Texas Tech, and he used to talk about Houston, a.k.a. H-Town, all the time. And while driving through Houston, my friend and I thought it would be a good idea to find Curtis. The only problem was we had no map and no address, and we're in one of the largest cities in America. No big deal. We had that good old college drive inside of us, and we weren't going to let things like having no map or address stop us. So we started to think what Curtis has told us about where he lived. The first thing we remembered was that he lived on the southwest side of Houston. He was always representing the southwest side. So we started taking highways to get to that side of town. Then we remembered he would say the closest big intersection to him was Bissonnette and Gessner by the Sharpstown Mall. We didn't realize it at the time that Gessner stretched across the entire city of Houston, so thank goodness we remembered that he was on the southwest side of town. We found the Gessner exit, then drove until we saw Bissonnette and the Sharpstown Mall. Once we came across Sharpstown Mall, we remembered the final pieces of the puzzle. The first was the street name, In the dorms, we would play pranks on each other all the time, and one time, one of these pranks involved Curtis's driver's license. Having only a slight recollection of the event, I remembered that his street name began with an R. So we drove until we came across the first street we could find that began with the letter R. Now it was time to locate the house, if this was even the right street. We really had no idea. We remembered Curtis saying that he lived in a two-story house and had a basketball goal in front of his house. So we drove up and down the street and saw several houses that were two-story and several houses that had basketball goals in front, but only one house that was two-story and had a basketball goal in front. We knocked on the door and thankfully... That was the right house. We spent some time visiting with Curtis and his family, played some dominoes, and then headed off to South Padre Island. Sometimes you don't need to know all of the details to arrive at your destination. We didn't have the directions to Curtis's home, but what did we know? We knew the side of town, major cross streets, the name of a mall in that area, the first letter of the street name, how many stories the house was, 
and that it had a basketball goal in front. The same kind of deductive reasoning can be done with partial information when it comes to analyzing an ICO, or initial coin offering. What is an ICO, or initial coin offering? An initial coin offering is cryptocurrency's rough equivalent to an IPO in the mainstream investment world. Essentially, an ICO has two main goals, to raise capital for the cryptocurrency company and to initially supply their cryptocurrency to the market to be used and or traded. Prior to a coin's ICO, the cryptocurrency company typically releases a white paper that states what the project is about, what need the project will fulfill upon completion, how much money is needed to undertake the venture, how much of the cryptocurrency the pioneers of the project will keep for themselves, what type of money is accepted, and how long the ICO campaign will run for. These white papers, along with other company literature, can not only be extremely complicated, but they can be quite large as well, sometimes over 100 pages long. In addition to the white papers, a cryptocurrency company will typically release other pertinent information about the company as well, in regards to marketing, leadership, and overall strategy. Now, having worked as an analyst in the cryptocurrency space before, I can tell you that most people are not going to look through all of the information that a company supplies before making an investment decision. But in my opinion, you really don't need all of that information anyway. Today, I want to talk to you about the eight areas you should focus your research on prior to investing in an ICO. Let's go! The eight areas you should focus your research on prior to investing in an ICO. Number one, the mission statement. Cryptocurrency is a unique meld of technology and investment, and a cryptocurrency company's mission statement should clearly outline their coin, their target audience, and their competitive advantage. Number two, utility. What good are you? Does the cryptocurrency you're analyzing have any value outside of investment value? This is important when trying to determine the long-term investment viability of a particular cryptocurrency. Number three, competitors. Who are the competitors? You wouldn't start a business without knowing if there is any competition. The same goes for cryptocurrency. Number four, hype meter. What is all the excitement about? Are people excited for the release of this coin? This can be extremely helpful in determining the short-term investment viability of a coin. Number five, token supply. In economics, when you increase money supply, things are expected to happen that would affect the economy, like an increase in economic growth, a decrease in unemployment, and an increase in inflation. You should always know the token supply and how certain actions of a cryptocurrency company could affect the value of your asset. Number six, leadership and advisors. Who is in leadership? What value do they bring? Have they been there before? Number seven, red flags. It is very important to be aware of anything that even remotely resembles a red flag. One downside of the lack of regulation on cryptocurrency is that there are a lot of scams out there. Not all red flags are deal breakers, but all red flags must, must, must be looked into. And number eight, competitive advantage. Why would an investor pick this coin 
as opposed to the thousands of other coins out there. These areas that I have just briefly discussed are the base for our most comprehensive course yet. I have taken my professional experience and put it into a class to show you how to analyze an ICO like a professional. I highly suggest that anyone that is serious about investing in an initial coin offering take this course. For more information and to get on our waiting list for the course, please visit our website www.thedonaldpov.com that website again, www.thedonaldpov.com. As always, thanks for tuning in. If you liked what you heard, please tell a friend and please subscribe on iTunes. Also, check us out on social media. That's Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, all at the Donald POV. Till next time, I'm Donald Fitzgill Jr. and this is the Donald POV. Brought to you by the Speakeasy Sound Company. I'll holla.